following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Show us your glory. That's been the theme for the last couple of months. Uh, Renee and Bob have done a magnificent job of just unpacking different ways that we see and we understand the glory of God. And we understand the weightiness, if you want to put it in terms of the Old Testament word, the, the kabod, that there is a weightiness, there's substance to the presence of the Lord and to the glory of God. It's not some wispy thing out there somewhere. No, there's something that connects with your heart when you come into the glory of God, isn't there? I, have you ever just noticed that? You, you come into a room and there's something there and you, you can't put your finger on it, but you know that, that Jesus is in the room. And, and, you know, so many times we just kind of move on with life. But there's this place of understanding that his glory is substance. His glory has a weightiness with it. And it's something that is interpreted and understood in your spirit, man. It's spirit-to-spirit -spirit language. And in spirit-to-spirit -spirit language, we know that we can understand and not really... Well, I, I take that back. We'll never understand the fullness of the glory of God. But we can sure taste and see that he's good. You know, how many like dabbling in the glory? <laughs> and in the, the New Testament, it's the doxa of God. It's the praises of God. It's the worship of God. I love when, we, when a body comes together just for the purpose of unified worship and praise. I still believe that we have a potential when you come to the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning with the intention to worship in faith. In other words, not you know, stand back and hope that somebody else catches the, the river and then maybe we can jump in. But if you come anticipating and expecting, not because you necessarily like the songs or the style, yeah. but you like Jesus. Yeah. Isn't that a good enough reason to worship and to praise? <laughs> and if you, could you imagine if everybody would come knowing that you've had a rough time getting the kids ready and maybe you even had a bit of an argument on the way into church, but you come into the presence of the Lord and you can say by faith, Lord, all of that stuff doesn't affect how I want to give you worship and adoration and praise. What if everybody could really understand that some of you during a worship service are called to declare the glory of God. Others are called to intercede and to start to take down mountains. Have you ever had that during a worship service and gosh, things are just moving and all of a sudden a spirit of intercession comes over you? That happens to me a lot. And it just, where I can't even speak it, I have to speak in tongues. But I know that I'm speaking with an authority. I know that I'm speaking with something that is an unction from God. See, and I'm nobody special. I mean, anybody, everybody here you take a part. We each bring a piece. We each bring a little bit. But when we do it in faith and come together, it becomes something absolutely glorious to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How many know he's worth it? He is worth it. He is good. I just pray that we could get a new glimpse of the goodness of God. How many are seeing what's happening down in Asbury in the college down there? 
In Kentucky, for those that don't know, there's a small Christian college down there, uh, Asbury College. It actually has quite a history. It's named after Francis Asbury, who was a circuit-riding preacher back in the 1800s. And uh, a man on fire. I mean, this guy was 70 years old when he died, when most of them died when they were 30, because it was really a hard life. He, he rode over, what was it, 70,000 miles or 700,000 miles? I forget how many, you know, he rode his horse through the frontier preaching the gospel for, for you know, many, many miles. I, don't, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a lot. <laughs> and he was a faithful man, but he was a man who was spreading revival fire. And so that college is named after them. And I, I just heard one spot that somebody was doing how um, this college has had moves of the Spirit throughout the last century, uh, starting early in the 1900s and all the way through. And this is another wave that has come. And it's just the, the, the glory and the beauty of Jesus. I think of this nation and I think in terms of revival. I, 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 I've studied it in times past. I've probably forgotten more than I know, but I, I remember the 1906 Azusa Street Revival where the glory was so powerful that people that came in on a train, you know, a mile or two away, would come under the power. The firemen were called to the, to the building where, where the revival was happening because they thought it was on fire. The, the lightning would come. I mean, manifestations of the glory of God would come in such a powerful way that they called the fire, the, the, the fire department. And they'd get there and they wouldn't see any fire. <laughs> it, it said that the mist, the presence of the Lord in those meetings was so thick that the children would actually play hide and seek in the glory. They'd try to pack some of it in a jar so they could take it home because the kids just loved the glory. They just loved the presence of the Lord. Beloved, God isn't done with the America. He is not done with the United States of America. Could this Asbury move, could this be the tip of the iceberg in a, in a massive move of God throughout our nation? I don't know about you, but all the horses and the chariots and the props that I've trusted in for our nation, for this nation to come into righteousness, have been kicked out in the last few years. And there is a desperation in my heart that knows that I have no hope for this nation except that there be a mighty move of God that shifts and changes hearts across our nation. A sweep of the move of God that will shift and change hearts. Let it begin in the church. I love revival. I you know, revival, I, I understand. Revival has a different connotation and a different meaning to a lot of different people. For me, revival is when I see people coming together and by the glory of God, their hearts are being transformed. There's an awakening. Something that was latent inside, something that was on the back burner, Something that had maybe died and the light was snuffed out, all of a sudden the Spirit of God blows upon it and people come alive. People come alive. Revival, that's what's happening in Asbury. I mean, 
I've read some reports, and it seems like one of the greatest manifestations are when, when somebody walk in there, you know, because people want to see what it's about. People want to test it, see if it's for real and all this craziness. But they'll come away saying, the peace of God, the gentleness of God. You just entered into that building, and all of a sudden, all your cares are gone. All your worries, they're, they're just gone. And it's people that are just simply on their faces before God in worship. It's not like, okay, I'm going to repent. I got to do this thing now. And here I go. I got to work up a good repentance so that I can be accepted by God. It's a coming in. And because of the goodness of God washing over people, they're just knowing, ah, the closer I get to this holy God, the more I see that I can't do this. And I repent into what the Apostle Paul found. He says, I found a righteousness that is not of my own, but is by faith in Christ Jesus. Ah, I found a, a, a place of righteousness that is by faith, believing that Jesus did enough. And everything that we put on people to try to prove our righteousness, it's gone. It's gone. And, 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 and I find that what Jesus did is enough. That's the awakening of the heart. There are people here who you've been trashed by life, you've been trashed by religion, you've been trashed by your own accusations. You know, it's, I know it's one thing to have the enemy accuse you, but one of the greatest accusations is we, we accuse ourselves. And there is this place of finding a righteousness by faith in what Jesus did irrespective of our own works, irrespective of our failures, irrespective of our shortcomings. I remember when the Lord told me, he says, Dave, on a good day, on a day when you've got it all together, you've treated your wife right, you've sought me in prayer, you've been you know, diligent with things, and on your best day, Dave, your righteousness is still like a menstruous rag. Now, some people could, you know, come away with that and say, oh, then what? I came away saying, ah, oh, then there's no other way but faith in Jesus. How freeing is that? <laughs> so this thing of revival that, that, that I believe God wants to, wants to bring. By the way, I'm speaking of the glory in community. And there is a glory in those people that are coming together. That glory is pouring out. In fact, by the way, it's caught the attention of mainstream media. You want a hoot? Look at what CNN had to say about it. <laughs> you know, it's like they got to report it, but they sure didn't understand it. And they kind of poo-pooed it as just, well, this is something that Christians do from time to time, those silly people, you know. They don't understand the power of a community coming together in humility and allowing the presence of God to do what the presence of God wants to do. One of the, some of the things I, I, I look at because I've, I've seen, I've tasted of at least three uh, revivals in, in my lifetime. Been touched by others, but where I've actually had a part in, in the, these, revi these moves of God. Best way I can put it is you feel like you get born again again. 
the awakening of the things that you think are alive and yet they're latent and they're, they're slumbering inside. But there's this awakening that comes. Really proud of the leaders there. It seems like they are stewarding well the revival that's happening. They've had all sorts of big names that want to come and do worship for them. They say, ah, no thank you. We don't want to taint this with the hand of man. So far, it's been really organic. They, it's been put on social media. How many know people post things that they're excited about? You'd think we'd see a lot more postings about Jesus, but I digress. But there are, it just went viral. And it's spreading now to other universities. It's spreading to other colleges. I don't know about you, but I weep when I see this. I've been longing for this massive move in our nation when the enemy is blowing his trumpet of wickedness and blowing and declaring his works. I'm going, but God, where are you? God, where is a move of your spirit? And God in his wisdom, he holds it. He holds these moves until there's a hunger in people. I believe hunger is one of the things that draws and need. If you haven't listened to it, listen to Renee's message she preached ah, a couple weeks ago, I think it was, where she talked about the miracle, the first miracle that Jesus did. You remember that message? And one of her first points was, for, you know, she was talking about some of the elements that serve revival, that bring revival. And the first point was the fact that there was a need. They had run out of wine, and there was a need. How many know, you know, the first of the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. They'll receive the kingdom of God. There is this thing of poverty of soul when it comes to the things pertaining to God. If I think that I'm a giant killer... Without Jesus, I'm just deceived. I have learned a poverty of my soul. God is in his mercy, and it's been hard. (laughs) It's been hard, but he's been stripping away some of my strengths, my own strengths, some of the things that I've termed to be my... Anybody else been going through a process the last couple of years? Probably a few of you. And we can tend to think that those things are because we're bad, because we're this, because we're that. And, you know, maybe it is. (laughs) But it's God's mercy that is stripping away all the things that we thought contributed to our righteousness. So that we can come with faith and with confidence that I have found a righteousness that is not of my own. Not of my works. Not because I'm a pastor. Not because I've been walking with God for 44 years. None of that. Like the Apostle Paul says, I count those things as rubbish. There is dung, except for the knowledge of the excellency of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the stripping away of the last several years where we've been freaking out, many of us, right? What's happening to our government? What's happening to the church? What's happening with COVID? What's happening with... And you can list all the things But at the end of the day, I believe that God wants to bring us, the church, to a place of hunger, to a place of desire, to a place where we know the only place we can look is up. 
has it come to this? We got to pray. <laughs> no, no. I mean, really, do, do you understand what I'm saying? So this move of God that is sweeping through Asbury right now, I, I, I don't know this. I haven't had the word of the Lord on this, but my heart's desire is that this is the tip of the iceberg, that this is something that is going to spread so massively. It's going to bring so many people into the kingdom. It's going to shift the mindset of our nation once again. That there will be a mass turning back to Jesus. Not to church, not to religion, not to anything, but to Jesus. And it's going to so touch people that there's a community built around that reality. See, we're in a community here. And I love the community that we have here. We've spent many years prioritizing Jesus. There are times that we've kind of strayed from it. We thought, well, what should we be? We should be doing more. We should acting more. All of the stuff. And some of those things, yeah, God calls us to do things. I, I understand that. But at the end of the day, this community is built around Jesus. And building a community around Jesus, to bring glory to Jesus, it means that we have some core values that we have learned along the way. There are things that we won't prostitute for success or so-called success. That I will always believe, for instance, that ministry best takes place by relationship. I, as a pastor, found that when I tried to function out of my position, that it just never worked. Personally, I found that I needed to build relationship with people and then walk with them for a while. See, and I, I believe that, that we're all pastors here. I, I believe that, you know, one of my greatest joys as a pastor is after a particular service where I'd stand back and I'd watch pockets of people praying over here and pockets of people praying over there and two or three back there or where people, where the body was being the body. That's community. There is a glory in the fellowship of the saints. There is a glory in the coming together of the saints in love and unity. I believe one of the highlights of revivals that I've been involved in has been that when you're in that presence, it's like all the divisions fall apart. I've been involved in revivals where there's been many different churches that have come together. And it's not about the divisions. It's about the unity. <laughs> I find that in the atmosphere of revival, true revival, you know, one of the things Bob and I have, as close as I can call to a covenant, is that we will not manufacture revival here. We, we just, we can make, do stuff that looks like something, but we will not settle for anything less than the genuine, a genuine move of God. When people come together in that atmosphere, it's like love is easy. It's like it's easy to reach in your wallet and give somebody a couple of bucks because they're having a hard time. 
Have you ever noticed that? The three main revivals that I've been involved in, I got born again in 1978 in the aftermath of the, uh, I need to check time, don't I? What time do I go till 11? Ah, okay. <laughs> We've changed time you know, a few times here. The Jesus People Movement. How many are old enough to remember the Jesus People Movement? And how many remember, you know, when we were in it, and I got saved out of the Jesus People Movement, I didn't think it was that big a deal. I thought it was normal. Now looking back, I understand what a significant move of God that was that swept our nation. And it was a move that shook the foundations of the church. How many know that's what revival does? It shakes the status quo. If you're for revival, expect to be shaken. And what it did was it just took the ordinary people, the Lonnie Frisbees and many others, and, and they became the preachers. They were doing the baptizing out in the ocean. And, you know, all these hippies that were in the love thing and, you know, freedom, they kind of brought that culture into the church, but it became sanctified, not right away. But it freaked a lot of the church people out. The music that they brought. How many remember the, the argument, drums in the church? Evil. Dan Peters, how can you play drums in a church? <laughs> ah, I tell you, there's an anointing on Dan's drum playing. The Jesus People Movement. I remember the little church that I got saved in down in southeastern Minnesota. You got saved. You prayed the prayer. They prayed for Holy Ghost to come on you. They believed you laid hands on for the Holy Ghost to come on you. And then they, you know, wait till you spoke in tongues or at least faked it. But we'd, we'd, they'd pray over us. And then they'd finish up the prayer by saying, okay, you got Holy Ghost in you now. Go out, lay hands on people, and they'll get healed. Really? Yep, you just do it. And I did it. And people got healed. I had to come to the church to find out that it didn't work. <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek. You know, we're all in a process, right? How many know that Jesus loves the church even in our idiosyncrasies, let's call them. <laughs> that Jesus loves the church. If you don't have grace for the church down the road, you better check with Jesus about that. If you don't have grace for this church, you better check with Jesus about that because Jesus loves the church in all of our silliness at times. But the Jesus people movement was an amazing move of God and it's reverberating through this time. Susie's signaling me, yeah, I'm getting carried away here because we got to... Thank you, sweetheart. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I need my wife. The, the second move of God, and I'm going to speed up a little bit because we really do uh, have some other things that we want to do here. But um, the Doug Stanton meetings that came through here in the mid-90s shifted the atmosphere of the city. I mean, it touched many, many different places, many different parts. Uh, we were a, a big part of that. And um, I'm still changed by those meetings the first times, one of the first times that I sat in one of those meetings, I thought, like, 
I'm hearing the word of God for the first time. It was like I'd been a pastor at that time. I had been saved for many years, but it was like, ah, I was being born again again. And I got baptized. They had mass baptisms. People just moved by the Spirit. People trembling in fear, going up the steps into the baptismal tank because they knew that there was a death that was coming. There was a confrontation of something. One of the other moves that I've been involved in is Bethel Church. One of the things that drew me to Bethel Church was I, I saw in them revival not as a series of meetings, but it was revival as a lifestyle in the context of a church. That, that drew me to them. And the other thing was their government. I saw the five-fold apostolic government, and it was functioning. It was actually working. There was honor between the pastor and the evangelist, for instance, you know, the prophet and the, the pastor. And that, that just so drew me, so scratched an itch in, something, in my heart of something that I was longing for, to see revival in the context where it doesn't have to be there and then go away, that we can actually live a revival lifestyle. How many know that's up to you? One of the things that I believe sustains revival is the small groups. We have a lot of small groups here. We have, let me try to find my list here. We have announcements, right? And the announcements are so it's an invitation to invite you into something that will get you in communication on a smaller level. You know, this is great. I love the glory of the larger gathering, but there is a glory in the smaller gathering where connection is made, where, where people become real with one another. Relationships are built. We have a quilting uh, group. We have inklings, whereas uh, writing. We have heart art, uh, expressing art. These are all things that bring people together for the sake of relationship. We have women at the well, which I understand the name was changed. The well. The well. We have the well. Uh, we have the huddle. Uh, our men's uh, men come together. Uh, Rachel and Emery, uh, Emily are doing a group of gals. They're coming together to study theology. Can you imagine another generation studying? Being, they're concerned about the ignorance that is in the body of Christ concerning the word of God. They're concerned about that. They said, that, let's do something about this. Let's come together and let's study what this looks like. Proud of them. Alpha is now happening at the crafts. I'm thrilled to see that. Bob is getting ready to do the higher call, uh, that through teaching we help each other to in, in, and encourage one another in our unique giftings and callings, and we equip people for that. There's ministry groups, there's worship, there's missions. I'm thrilled with, um, we're turning back to bringing people out on the mission field, Rick and uh, Brooke Lamb. I, I love that. And through those times is where relationships are built. Prophetic groups, altar teams, evangelism, Rick would love to take people out. Our leadership team as elders and spouses is a lot like a small group. One week we meet to do business, the second week of the month or the fourth week of the month, we actually come together just to build relationship. You know, it's not as much about the business, it's about relationship. And that's really, really important. Um, 
So I, I do believe that there is a glory. One of the things that Susie and I are responsible here at church is something called connect groups. Now, through the years, that's morphed. It's been care groups. It's been home groups. It's been connect groups. Basically, what it is is it's a place where people can come and receive care on a more intimate basis, that the body cares for one another in these connect groups. So we've got several of them going. And I'm going to ask Susie if she'll come up and introduce them. How about a hand for Susie? Hi. Uh, if I look funny, I came today and I was talking to Mandy and I had my sweater on inside out. I said, thank you that you saved me from that embarrassment of getting up there. Anyways, uh, we have uh, four connect groups right now, and we'd, we really would like to see more. But um, the first one I'm going to call Bob and Colleen Puller and uh, Stephen Debbie Sabas. Uh, Bob and Colleen are not here, but they're here. And then uh, Kathleen is going to be speaking for that group. So if the next group would get ready, it's Daryl and Judy Slay, who are not here, but Stephen Debbie can stay, and Jerome Litton will be speaking. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce our group kind of unusually. Oh, she's setting the timer. Have one to two minutes. Okay, I just wanted to say our groups started um, because of a song that God was writing um, between two people and who had fallen in love and. Sometimes we get a chance to fall in love a second time. And Bob and Colleen <clears throat> were falling in love, and a group of us came around them to pray for them, to support them, to encourage them, to offer them insight and wisdom in the process that God was doing and putting them together as husband and wife. And that group has continued on. Uh, sometimes we don't really know if we should call ourselves a home group or not. But anyhow, um, we continue on um, in supporting one another and loving one another, living out our lives um, together in that, those relationships that have uh, been built and um, keep having each other's backs through hard stuff and um, enjoying just fun times, but, um, but just living our lives out together once or twice a month. So that's, that's our home group. It's hosted by Stephen Debbie Sabus. And we're not really an open group right now. They're full. They're, so, yeah, so you know that's our long history anyhow. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, next is Stephen Debbie, of course, and Jerome. Jerome will be the speaker for this group. I'm Jerome. I'm part of Daryl Slay and Daryl and Judy Slay's group. We meet twice a month. And currently we're going through the book of Acts. So I was asked to <laughs> I was asked to to speak. <clears throat> and so I, I didn't really know what to say and I um said, Holy Spirit, what, what should I talk about? And almost immediately he brought to my mind um Paul, and how he, when he has his salutations to many of the churches. 
and how his heart was for that church. <clears throat> and for me, our small group or even our body is represented in many of those salutations and how his heart was for them. I've told a few of you, but I walk into this church and often I say, I thank God for my church. This is my church. I, I own it. It's one that I, one that I pray for. I pray for many of you. Uh, I contribute when I can, and God has given me more opportunities to to become part of it. And I'm trying to step out in fear <laughs> and trembling. <clears throat> but so, and I, I love the theme that we're on that the glory is in community. I so believe in that. We are His glory. We are God's glory. We are his prize, his beloved. And I, just, I would just like to read one of the salutations of many in Philippians, chapter 1, 3, three through 11, just sort of, and I, I sort of had a, a revelation that even in this salutation, some of this is only accomplished in community. I, I, I think some of it's alone time with God, but there's also community time as a body, and I think I think the two work together. I think Holy Spirit uses that on purpose. Okay. Here's Paul. I thank God. I thank my God in all remembrance of you. In every prayer of mine, I always make my entreaty and petition for you all with joy and delight. I thank my God for your fellowship, your symptomatic cooperation and contribution and partnership in advancing the good news, the gospel, from the first day you heard it until now. I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue through the day of Jesus Christ right up to the, his eternal return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. It is right and appropriate for me to have this confidence and feel this way about you all, because you have... You have me in your heart, and I hold you in my heart as partakers and sharers, one and, and all with me of grace, God's unmerited favor and spiritual blessing. This is true both when I am shut up in prison and when I am out in defense and confirmation of the good news. For God is my witness, how I long for and pursue you all with love in the tender mercy of Christ Jesus himself. In this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to the fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value, recognizing the highest and the best, distinguishing the moral differences and that you may be untainted and pure and unerring and blameless, so that with heart sincere and certain and unsullied, you may approach the day of Christ, not stumbling nor causing others to stumble. May you abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness, of right standing with God, and right doing, which comes through Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, to the honor and praise of God, that his glory may be both manifested and recognized. I just, I just think that that happens in community. And I, and I so right now our, our group meets at, at like I said, Daryl and Judy's place. I think there's a few openings if, if they have some. 
and we're currently going through the book of Acts. So we have good conversation, good time of prayer at the end. And it's just, it's a good time. Thanks. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Nate and Lisa and Audettes, or wherever it's. They share a group together. They're co-leaders in a group, and they meet at your house, Lisa, or do you bounce around? Yeah. yeah we've been uh, meeting for two years, and uh, it's been hosted by Nate and Lisa, and we've gotten to know them a lot better. Um, I guess uh, one of the questions was, what does this, what have we, what is it meant to me? What is it meant to you as a group? Um, Seeing Jesus work uh, through each each other and being able to encourage one another on a personal level um, is vitally important. And then being encouraged to face the things in our daily lives and praying and being prayed for as we go through those daily life struggles. Um, I've been blessed to see um, just how God has worked in that. And uh, in my life, when I'm struggling, there's always somebody in a group that has an encouraging word that just, uh, usually our meetings go way later than they probably should, but um, we just enjoy hanging out together and doing life and, and hearing about our daily walk, walk through it uh, at that time. So that's what, uh, we've been meeting every other, every other uh, Friday. that I'll have this in it. I don't think it's made yet. Anyways, um, yeah, thank you. And the next group is mine and Dave group, and we actually don't have another um, couple with us, but George will be speaking on our behalf. Yeah, this is my church. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been coming to Dave and Susie's group for about 10 months. Um, I believe you guys have started early, early, late, was it December yeah. of 21? December of 2021. Yeah, so I started coming in about April. Um, and it was kind of nice because they were pretty close, and it just started as just, I think Dave and I kind of connected, and I found out through him that they had a connect group. Um, and usually we just kind of get together, and it's true community. We just come together, we just talk. A lot of times we'll talk about, you know, the message that was preached the week before. Um, but a lot of times it's just like, hey, how's, how's everybody doing? How's, how's every, like, is there something going on? And if there's something going on, we just come around them and we just pray and we break off whatever the enemy's trying to convince us of. Um, and it's, there's something so awesome about having prayer warriors around you just constantly praying for you, even if you're not even connected with the group. I've had friends that say, hey, can you pray for me? And I'll shoot it into the text group. Hey, can we pray for my friend? And it's like somebody that's not even connected with the church, and they're like, all right, let's everybody just pray for this person. And so, and then, you know, just true community speaking into one each other and even leaving room for people. It's like, hey, you know, there's many weeks where Dave's like, hey, um, I kind of had an agenda. Uh, does anybody have anything that the Lord is speaking to them about? And we'll just totally veer in that way. So it's it's been really nice having that. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's been, we love hosting a group, and it's been good. Yeah, so we do, oop. Hello. Yeah, so we do have um, needs for some more groups. Uh, we want to encourage you to talk to us uh, if you have it in your heart to start a group. Um, I see a lot of really mature believers here. Um, we do have some parameters. We want to keep the group safe. We want to know you. Um, and we want to know the maturity that you walk in. So we do have some parameters, some hoops you got to jump through in order to have a group. But I think most of you would fit through the hoops. Um, so we, we really want to encourage. I, I want to just finish with a scripture. And this is really the core of what community, smaller community is. Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in breaking of bread and prayers. There was this massive revival going on, and the apostles couldn't quite handle what was going on. The interesting thing is they met from house to house, and they focused on those four things. But they, I don't know if the apostles got a revelation and organized it all, or if it just happened generically. The scripture doesn't really say but there is an organicness of the people coming together over a table in a house. There's something unique and special about that that there just seems to be an anointing in. For us, we do go over the Apostles' Doctrine. We do like to talk about what was talked in church the week before. We get to fry the pastor. <laughs> and it's legal. No, no, we're, we're very honoring <laughs> We're very honoring, but we do. I've always thought it's a tragedy when somebody labors and gets a word for the body, and most of us walk out of here and forget about it in two minutes. I find that when we talk about it, when we bring it back up and we discuss it, and how do we apply it, it really helps. Uh, we do break bread together. We always have communion. We pray for one another, and we do leave room for fellowship, just talking about whatever is in your day, what's been going on, uh, what's important to you. Uh, just those are the types of things that build a community, and there is glory in that community. Where there's a weightiness, there are times I've sensed the weightiness of God when he shows up and pats us on the back and says, yeah, good job. Or the, 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 just the, the praise that can come when we're together. So I want to encourage you. I have some questions. I'm going to close this out. But here's some questions that I would encourage you to ask yourself. What and who do you give yourself to outside of Sunday morning? What and who do you give yourself to outside of Sunday morning? I'm talking about, when we talk about revival, that thing that will keep the fire burning in your spirit. Who and what do you give yourself to outside of a Sunday morning that fuels that flame? Talking about longevity of revival. Who are you in relationship that builds your faith life? We just heard some pretty incredible words this morning. Who's in your life that encourages you that you're a mountain, that you're a, a giant killer? Who, who is in your life that speaks it other than a Sunday morning? See, we need these things. 
Are your giftings being used? Who are you giving to? You know, the scripture says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And in church, it seems like there is a, a, just a consumer's mentality. What can I get? Give it to me, feed me, preach the word. There is a perversion in that. There's a lot of fat Christians sitting around because they haven't found a... Am I being too blunt? No. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> you guys love me. You got to love me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a command. But there, there is a place in community, in smaller community, where the glory that is in you, the gifting, the grace that's on your life can be expressed. And that's really, really important. If you're not giving out to somebody else on a regular basis, you're due for a heart attack because of the fat. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> At the end of the day, revival is sustained by our faith and the choice is fueled by a hunger. Who you're joined to on a smaller, more intimate basis that pursues a lifestyle of revival that touches your world with the love of God. We all need to be in community. My challenge to you this morning is that you will find community outside of a Sunday morning service and that you'll understand the glory of God being expressed in you and through you in a smaller group. Let's stand together. Lord, your word says, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the duot falls on Hermon and all the things that happen. But at the end of the day, it's so that you can live under a commanded blessing. And from there, from that place, the Lord commands a blessing. Father, I pray for a growth in unity and love in us as a body. Lord, the kind of unity and love that gets outside of the four walls and hungers for intimate relationships with people, those that you knit us to. Father, I pray that each one, that you stir up a spirit of revival, God, that always involves a coming together of community. Come, Holy Spirit. We trust you to do it. Minister your grace and your love throughout this body in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.